All right. It is nine o'clock on Tuesday. That means it is time for a very special COVID-19 edition of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. So first and foremost, um, for those of you who have not yet heard, COVID has come to the Sand Hills house. And I did get my test back last week and found out that I passed it. Didn't even study. Um, and a few of the other symptoms came after the test. Um, I think it was Saturday. I lost my senses of taste and smell. Um, for the most part, for those of you um, who've been wanting to know, I don't feel that bad. Um, I've gone to work feeling worse than this before, but I've got a fever and that has to be gone for at least 24 hours before I can go back to work. I can't go back before Monday anyway. Um, so we'll see what happens. We've got a few days for that, uh, for that to break. Um, but for the most part, the biggest issue that I've had is the, the body aches or joint aches. They've been real mild, but they just kind of come and go. Um, I still cough a little bit, but I mean, I'm taking stuff for that. And, and I think that there's some other stuff going on too. So I'm taking antibiotic just to make sure that there's not any other bug causing all the, the sinus congestion and whatnot. And I guess we'll just kind of see what happens. Um, but uh, for the most part, I, I felt pretty good tonight. So I thought, yeah, we're for sure. We're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and do this. So, um, all right, let me see if I can get this to work real quick. Hold on guys. I'm still trying to figure out how to do <laughs> there. There we go. Now I should be able to have that on multiple windows. Okay. Still getting used to doing YouTube and Facebook both at the same time again. And well, that's kind of cool. We've got defense dad in here beside himself now. Very awesome. Oh, people are just coming and going, dropping in and out. Okay. So, um, real quick here. Um, we would like to, uh, give everybody a chance to say hi maybe seems like every time we get one in then somebody else drops out it's been a fun night so far of people coming in and out here um so real quick um let's give everybody a chance to say hi the ones that are still in the room here so uh we've got pat and lily joining us uh pat how is the little blonde munchkin tonight well me and the little blonde munchkin are doing pretty good tonight. Uh, thanks for having us on. And uh, yeah. Uh, Hi, Lily. Like the cap. So a little shameless plug for your channel there, John. But well, we'll uh, take it. Yeah, cap's working good. And uh, yeah, just glad to be on and uh, having a good time tonight. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's a lively conversation. And uh, hope everything's going all every well on your end tonight. Well, so far, so good anyway. I really can't complain, all things considered. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. We will move right along over here to Mr. Nighthawk Medic. What's up, sir? Hi, not much, sir. Thanks for having me in. Uh, excited about the topic tonight and uh, glad to see you still kicking. <laughs> I, I hope you lick this thing pretty easy. You're a big, strong fella. You ought to beat it. No problem. Well, you know, I did some research. And according to um, CDC's numbers, people in my age group, only 99.7% of us survive this. So my God, I know it's, it's pretty risky. 
So I definitely would, would like everybody's prayers just to make sure that, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, um, or I, I don't want to make light of anybody who actually has lost a friend or a loved one to this disease. Cause I understand that for some people it, you know, it is deadly, but you know, when, when an entire age bracket has a 99.7% survival rate, I mean, you know, most people have to take a test to even find out they had the thing. Yeah. So, well, some of us got a little more fight in this than others of us. So, well, uh, you know what they say, if the good die young, then I think I'm going <laughs> to live forever. So, yep. but thanks for being here tonight. Always a pleasure to have you along. Let's move over here to Mr. Tactical Pickle himself. We've got Calaveras 32 Special joining us. What's up over in the California land? Uh, not a whole lot. Just, you know, uh, our cancers, you know, slowly working on spreading across the country. That's for hearing uh, some you know rumors that, uh, you know, uh, President-elect Biden is, you know, uh, selecting uh, Javier Barcera, which is our AG, to run something at the federal level. So that way they can spread the California way of doing things to the nation. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's um, horrible. That's what that is. But I guess we'll have to uh, have to wait and see. Um, maybe if if there's something that you could do just to to convince him to to just stay put and stay in your state and not go to Washington, do you think there's a chance? Uh, nothing legal. <laughs> well, we're not going to condone anything illegal. So, all right. Well, I guess that uh, you guys have been putting up with it for long enough. It's probably the time we all help shoulder the load, right? Sharing is caring. Thanks for sharing that. I've warned it. people for years that it's a cancer that, and just running from it isn't going to work. You got to help us fight it. And yep. now you finally start, you know, starting to see the wisdom in those words. Well, I've seen the wisdom for quite some time. Um, one of these nights, we might actually have a, a conversation about that very thing. But in the meantime, thank you very much for joining us. And then last, but certainly not least here in the room, we have got Mr. Defense Dad. What's up in the Star City? Oh, not too much. Sorry, I was having some internet issues there for a minute, but it should be good now. Well, don't let it happen again, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tis what it is. Yeah, that's okay. Technical difficulties are no stranger to this show. No stranger at all. All right. Let's move everybody back here to the full screen view. And a uh, couple things that I want to do real quick. Let's just see who's out there in the chat. Um, I can't see everybody who's watching. I don't think it shows me. Nope. Um, on the Facebook side. I'm not sure it tells me who's watching on the Facebook side anywhere. But I do have a comment from John Petrolino. So thanks for joining us over there on the Facebook side. Uh, if you're watching on the Facebook side, leave comments so that we can see that you're out there. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, do the same thing so that we can see that you're out there. On the YouTube side, we've got Justin Gibbons. We've got Sandhill's sweetheart out there in the chat. And she is in the producer's chair. Um holding it down over there too. We've got, who else do we have out there? Southpaw RX is in the house. Um, Iron Horseman's out there. G23, the poor conservative, fluffy 10 millimeter Jeep guy. 
Stan's out there. What's up, Stan? SS Pawn is in the house. Um, Richard Hirsch in the house. Let's see. Jefferson Martial Arts. I see you out there. Gun loving grandpa. What's up, Buck? Um, Pat's in the house out there and in here. And I know that there will be more coming along as we go through the night. So again, just make sure that you're leaving the uh um make sure you're leaving the comments out there so we can see you and get you put on the list for later. A um, couple other things that we want to mention. If you want to get a cool hat like the one Pat is rocking right there, make sure you go over to blackswantactical.com and then you can get 10% off if you use the discount code Sandhills. So uh, go check that out. You can get hats, you can get stickers and uh, more stuff coming soon. I know I keep saying that, but it's more stuff is coming soon. So, uh, for the mean, uh, in the meantime, that that's what you have for now, a couple different styles on the, on the website there. So go check those out. Um, if you, uh, know anybody that would rather catch this audio only instead of, uh, doing the video, then have them go over to anchor.fm slash sandhills dash shooter, because everything is up and running. I got last week's episode uploaded tonight. So, the most recent episodes are all up and running on Anchor. Um, that also has them on Spotify, Google Podcast, a uh, few others. I'm um, working on getting them over onto uh, Apple, but I'm I'm just waiting to to hear back from Apple on a uh, getting that going. So uh, hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. Um, but uh, you can go check us out there. Um, and then, real quick, you may have noticed up in the corner. We have got a picture of tonight's sponsor. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about decoding firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com slash decoding dash firearms. And let's put that right up there. Um, decoding firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or full color Kindle version. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. Decoding firearms, get yours today. So thank you very much, Mr. Petrolino for, uh, helping to sponsor tonight's broadcast. All right. Um, let's get into seeing how much fun we can have just picking on everybody tonight. And that's, I don't really mind if we make everybody mad. This may be an unpopular opinion, but uh, you know, when, when you're sitting around with the, with the COVID um, there's not much else that really you get to do. You spend a lot of time on social media more than normal. And, uh, you know, I, I keep seeing not on social media only, but, but, uh, all over the place, I keep seeing, you know, just, it doesn't really matter what the topic is. People want to argue about it. People want to, um, run their mouth without thinking, um, you know, when, when it comes to, uh, um, vaccinations or masks or, or anything like that, um, I have seen some pretty, I guess big bullies out there um, who insist that you have to do things their way and think about things their way. Um, problem with that is they're not on the left. 
they're on the right. Um, and so I guess that that's kind of what I, I had in mind when I came up with tonight's topic. Um, I think we've all seen it, but, uh, um, you know, we, we've seen it and it's not just recently, it's been for a long, long time, but, uh, anymore when it comes to, um, keeping one's head or lack thereof, I mean, it, it used to be, you know, we made fun of the snowflakes. We, we used to make fun of the people who, you know, the Karens, but there's Karens everywhere now. Um, you know, what are you guys seeing out there as, as far as stuff like that goes? I mean, it's, it's not just one side or the other. It's, it's not just, it's not just the left side of the aisle in Congress. It's the right side too. That's causing problems. I mean, it's kind of gotten to the point where there is no clear cut, you know, high road anymore than anybody's willing to take. Um, what are you guys seeing out there? I'm seeing a total lack of common sense amongst the majority of people I deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, without saying like, this isn't as far as politics related, but what kind of is, but like without saying where I work, I had it happen at work the other day. Like, it's a retail location though, right? You're in retail sales. Yes. yes. And those of, those of you guys who know me, I honestly, I hate the masks. I wouldn't wear it if I didn't have to. But I'm in a situation where I have to ask people and we offer them for free. And I offered that to a customer the other day and they caused a scene in my store with other customers in the store saying I was harassing them and everything else. What I, all I, all I asked was, Hey, I, I, unfortunately, since it is a, you know, a County mandate and a city mandate, I have to ask uh, if you need a mask or I have one here for you, no charge. And yeah, that just, exploded and she was well just very indignant and accusing me of being a left-wing communist hippie (laughs) i'm like oh man if you only knew who you're talking to uh it's just i have stuff like that happen you know and i tell you guys so people who are in retail we don't want to have to ask people that but it's our job and we lose our job if we don't so if you don't agree with the mask i totally understand and just but have a little bit of common sense and respect because that person who has to ask you doesn't want to do it and before anybody out there who may be thinking in the back of their mind you know well just go get a different job it's not always that simple number one some of us are quite comfortable in the the job that we've had for 10 years number two um if if you think it's that easy why don't you hire me um at what i make now or more um, I won't, I'll go around and, and tell you that you don't have to wear a mask if you want to hire me all day to do that, but you're going to pay my insurance too. And so, so that's the biggest reason that some of us don't want to lose our job or, or won't leave our job is because it, uh, we, we can't afford to at this point in our lives. I think defense dad is talking about the thing that I've seen. And the, really the only thing that bothers me at all is how effective they've been at turning us against each other. Mm-hmm. And so it, they have effectively built a prison without bars, one where we are our own guards. We torture each other. We spy on each other. We, we're suspicious of each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I walk into a store and one of the clerks in the store says, dude, put your mask on, please. I put my mask on. 
Okay. If I walk into a store and walk around with my mask off the whole time and nobody bothers me, then I don't put a mask on. So this is just about being a respectable human being, right? The guy in the mask or the guy in the store is not the guy who made the law. When it comes to the local politician that's making the ordinance, that's the person I'm giving a hard time to. That's the person I'm harassing and letting them know they won't be elected next year because of the decisions they're trying to force me to make. And we have got to stop turning on each other when it comes to these things, because we're playing right into the hands of people that would have us police each other. Well, absolutely. Um, and and not only that, but... Uh, wow, I don't know if it's COVID or if it's just because it's me. It's two weeks in a row now that I've had a thought that was almost out the mouth before it just completely left my brain, so... Anyway, I'm sure it was going to be great, though. Um, it's, it's all I actually that had great a question stuff. For, I actually had a question for Defense Dad. That's right. When they, uh, you didn't break out the whole don't you know who I am line on that, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, and here's the thing. Like, if it, it's where we live, I don't know where everywhere else, but like they're actually sending inspectors out to businesses undercover now. And I don't honestly, I don't remember if it's a five hundred or a thousand dollar fine, but they're they're starting that where I live. And I gotta tell you, if if you if you work in a store and you incur your company a five hundred or a thousand dollar fine per person in the store not wearing a mask, you're not following it. You're not going to have your job very long. Yeah, and I mean, granted, it's only twenty five dollars here, but yeah, that gets assessed on the business owner or the manager. If you go into a store and they don't make you wear a mask and then, you know, somebody calls the hotline and, and turns you in, then uh, that's a $25 fine. And, and I don't think it goes to the person. I think it goes to the business. So um, they have to, they have to be the mask police. Um, the police aren't actually the ones that are running around, you know, enforcing the put your mask on inside the stores around here. It's the, the stores themselves. It my work's the same way. If somebody comes in and doesn't have one, we offer them one, but we we have to they have to wear it or else they have to go wait in their vehicle and we'll give them curbside assistance outside, but but they can't be in the store without a mask. And uh you know, yeah, it's it's that way in every public building now in in, in our town. So Yeah, and I didn't mean you turn this into a strictly a mask conversation, but you know, you asked what we're seeing and no, that's okay reality of what i'm seeing here in the last couple of weeks and it's not even been just the last couple of weeks i mean you know if if we think back i mean this is a trend that's been going on for really a long time now i mean back in 2016 you know part of trump's platform that he ran on was he was going to lock up hillary and how many people got behind that that still don't even know for sure what grounds uh, on which to lock her up I mean, I know a lot of people think that they know a lot of grounds, but clearly if there was a case, then it would have happened a long time ago. So I'm not saying that, that Hillary Clinton is or is not guilty of things of which she's been accused, because I don't know for sure. But what I am saying is if, if there was enough evidence to, um, to go after somebody for that, then it, it would have been done by now. So, 
I, I think that the people that have been complaining about, you know, or not complaining, but screaming, you know, to, to lock her up or, or put her in jail, um, you know, everything else. And well, there's not as many now. I mean, let's face it. A lot of them have committed suicide since then, but um, still, I mean, it's, it's kind of that mentality is spilled over to, you know, now it's, um, um, you know, people claiming that, well, Kamala Harris can't be vice president because she's an anchor baby. Well, have you read the constitution? It doesn't say that anchor babies can't be vice president. It just says you have to have been born in the United States. And she was, it doesn't matter where her parents were born. That's not in the constitution. So stuff like that, it's, it's all this kind of stuff that uh, really what it comes down to is we keep trying to act like we're better than them right? The, the conservative or the right leaning side, we, we try to act like we're the ones that always take the high road when in reality, there's a lot of morons out there that are claiming to be right or right wing that, that really, they may be right wing, but they're just not smart. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're uneducated. I'm saying that they're not using their brains, um, for, for what they were intended. And, um, you know, they're, they're running their mouth. They are, uh, they're running their keyboard. They're doing everything to apparently get their little 15 minutes of fame or, or I guess they, they'd rather, you know, be right or prove a point or something, but they're, they're not actually thinking things through when they post stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, there's a whole lot of this crap going on and it's, it's really I don't know, discouraging some days just to see that, you know, if, if this is the best that we have to offer the world, then if it hits the fan and we've got to all band together and, you know, it's, it's the, it's to that point where we we're, we're doing something, you know, our hand is forced and, and we've got to fight our way out of this deal. I mean, if, if this is the best we have to offer, we are so screwed, guys. Well, what's the point of occupying the moral high ground if it just sinks underneath you? And that's what a lot of people are getting to that point now, which is, so we've been occupying the moral high ground for how long, and we're still where we are today, right? So how how long were we so sure of our goodness? How were we, were we so sure of how right we were? And, you know, that not killing babies and and not spending uh, money that we didn't have and and uh, not keeping people away from their rights. How long were we bound to determine that being right in those things was going to be the thing that brought us to victory? Right. Mm -hmm. And we're watching that slip away. And that is bringing people out for who they really are now. We're starting to see desperation in people. And let's all admit it that we've all sat down and we've looked. It has been as simple as a statement of um, my my boat sank with my guns in it. Or, I mean, how often have you heard that now as opposed to 10 years ago, right? Or something like they can come and take it. Well, come and take it is a really super old one, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. So people are starting to hit a point of desperation. They've realized that they've occupied the moral high ground and they continue to lose the cultural war. Yeah, that's true. We hold the high ground, but the rules keep changing. 
So that's for what was, you know, you know, uh, the way, what may have been the way to win 20 years ago is now a losing trend. So there's, yeah, like I think I agree with Nighthawk. There's a lot of people that have hit that point of desperation where forget the moral high ground, you know, uh, gloves off, you know, uh, whatever it takes to win. Not to say that's, you know, uh, the way I advise to do it, but that's a lot of people have hit that point. Well, and, and that is a great point. I mean, it's, it's no secret. This has been going on for a long time too. Um, it's no secret that the one side insists that the other side play by the rules that they have set. So, it's, I mean, it's easy to figure out which one the left wants to set these rules and insist the right play by these rules. And then the left refuses to play by their own rules or they keep changing the rules or they move the goalpost or whatever it is. So there is something to be said for trying to maintain the moral high ground, but you're right. There's also something to be said for, um, you know, maybe it's time that, we fought their doctrine against them instead of our own. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure that moral high ground really is necessary anymore. What do you guys think? Well, that's what we we're talking about using their tactics against them. Uh, legally speaking, that's where there was, uh, I want to say it was here in California with some of the court cases there was a few of the uh, anti-gun crowd, just the, this just an example I have, but that's where uh, that started complaining because one of the program organizations purposely filed cases in uh, certain jurisdictions because they knew the judges that sat there were uh, more apt to be uh, you know, sensitive to their side of things rather than the anti-side. And the antis who have been, you know, have been notorious for judge shopping, you know, keep going around until you find the one that gives you the answer you want, you know, started getting, you know, throwing a hissy fit about, you know, we're not allowed to do that. You know, you have to file it in this place or that place. So, you know, uh, I don't care which side of what policy, you know, you start using the other side's weapons against them. Uh, it tends not to, it tends to cause a bit of a dust up. Well, and again, that goes back to revisiting exactly what we're talking about. I've been personally, and this is not my creation, calling for us to begin to use the thing that they have used most effectively, which is gathering up large crowds of people and going and marching about what they're angry about. Every civil rights modification in the history of this country that people remember has something to do with a couple of million Americans getting together over the course of five or 10 years and expressing how angry they are about something. And it flat moves the political agenda wherever it happens. And if you don't believe me, look at any liberal city where BLM and Antifa have been moving. Look at the fact that you're paying BLM and Antifa to exist. 
you are paying for a television service, a phone service, a something service that is funding BLM and Antifa right now. They have $452 million in their coffers, and they're a 501c that is providing money to the Democratic Party political fund and is somehow immune to getting their 501c status removed despite the fact that they're contributing to a political fund so if you want to change the process imitate some of what they're doing which is making it uncomfortable for the people in power to be in power they're making it awkward for them to be in power and we are so darn polite all the time and so insistent that we be at the top of this little hill that is sinking beneath us that we don't see the effectiveness of that and it's scary all right um all right anybody else have anything you want to throw in on that yeah, I'll get my two cents on it real quick. Sure. Uh, sure. Just like everybody said, eventually it's going to sink out from underneath of us, but we got to keep it intact at least a little bit. But at the same time, they're, they're fighting so dirty and fighting so loud from this small little crowd about the only way that we can fight back, especially if it goes the wrong way, especially if it goes pear-shaped, is uh, we're going to have to get really loud, just like what they are, because that's the only way we're going to be able to make our voices to be heard. It's We, we can't stay you know, quiet The forever. people that are conservative by nature, um, how do we get them to... To get loud because that's i mean in my mind anyway that's what conservative means is don't rock the boat don't make waves you know um don't go to extremes and i don't i don't disagree with you pat i think you're right but how do we accomplish that how do we get more conservatives to band together with and not just to to scream with a loud voice but with one voice um, to, to get conservatives to band together and, and march, um, and do these things, you know, as, as one unified front instead of everybody who again, wants to, wants to be the, the guy or the gal. Um, you know, there, there's some people that just, they won't do it unless they're the, they're the face of it or the head of it. Or anything like that. So, how do we get everybody together um, on the same page with with such a thing? What do you guys think there? Well, I'll give this one to Nighthawk. I think he's probably got a better. Uh, he can probably speak it a little bit better than I can. So, from the standpoint of how we magically get a million people tomorrow, that does not exist. It does not exist, right? If you look at the run-up on organizations like Antifa, it started as a very small grassroots movement that recruited over time and built up power slowly. And so the, everybody wants to go from we don't cooperate with each other at all on anything and we fight with each other like little girls, cats and dogs, excuse me, girls, little girls and little boys, to now... We suddenly are going to be a million man march on D.C. 
And that's not how that works at all. It starts with small groups who plan a cause in different parts of the country and begin to put themselves together slowly. So it it means that John, Pat, Paul, Defense Dead, and Calaveras all get together and we say, you know what? Here's what we're going to do is we're going to establish a group here and we're going to move towards one cause. And we're going to get as many people as we can to just commit to an email a week. That's it. Just commit to an email a week. Can we do that together? Great. I'm not going to watch you do your job here. You're a smart guy. I'm going to let you have that. Let's see how many people we can get to commit to an email a week. Let's all visit back on Friday and see how the effort's going so far. And so you do that in all of our individual cities and you keep pushing that consistently, then eventually you're going to get 3% of the population you create with that who are willing to march. Okay, so if you look at the size of the Antifa and the BLM group, the the people that they gather for a rally are not an 18th of their population. Okay, it's just the number that they have that is that I call it the 25 percent equation. Twenty five percent of any group that you get are actually physically willing to do something. Right. And so that is just their 25 percent. But they've been working at it for, what, seven, eight years now. They've been building that group for a long time. We have to start now. We have to start building that group now, which means activity. It means these people have to feel like they're involved in something. They have to feel like they're accomplishing something. And so every time you do that, every time they get to check something on their little life list of I've accomplished something, they become more engaged. It cannot be like we run things now, which is to get together, have a bunch of great ideas, walk away and never do anything else with it. My opinion. All right. Defense dad, Calaveras, either one of you two want to chime in there? Well, I, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, kind of what a lot of people have said, but, you know, conservatives or two a supporters, like, we can't even get along with each other sometimes, you know, like God forbid, you, you know, you get people that just chastise each other. If you don't if you carry anything other than Glock or 1911, if we can't get past that little petty crap, how are we going to unite as a, as a front to have a one voice? If we, if we can't, you know, just stop that kind of crap within our own groups. Although go ahead. I mean, a lot of times we give each other a hard time about it, but there's a there's a lot of people out there that like just if you have a different opinion on what gun you like, you're a complete idiot, and I don't want to listen to you anymore. So that and we're all supposed to be joining together, right? So we've got to we've got to allow ourselves to talk to each other and have a unified front, and not get the petty crap within our own group to to distract everybody from it. If we keep doing that, we're not gonna win. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. But I I guess I'm curious because we've all seen on social media the the shaming of, you know, this gun or that gun or whatever, or if you don't have one that, you know, has this certain price point, then, oh, you're one of the poorers or you're acting like a poor or whatever, um, which maybe I am poor or maybe I'm not poor, maybe I'm broke. Um, there's a difference. But... Um, 
you know, it, it could just be one of those things where maybe I actually, this is the one that out of every one of them, this is the one that I like the best. It's, it's, um, you know, it's fine, but we see that online all the time. But honestly, when, when you're out at the range, uh, and I'm not talking about at the gun shop, because again, there's, there's just a wealth of experts when you're standing around the gun counter at, at whatever gun store too. But aside from social media or standing around the gun counter, how many people in, in just your, that you run into in regular day-to-day life, honestly, have you seen that, that shame somebody over their choice of handgun or their choice of ammo or whatever it is? I mean, it's, I know it's fun to, to run people's mouths when, when you're an anonymous behind a keyboard, but I, I just, I don't see a ton of it in the real world. I only mostly see it online. See, I actually do. One of the biggest gun store in our town has two salespeople who are their top salespeople who, if you don't, if they, if if they suggest a Glock or a 1911 to you and you want anything else, they literally walk away and have someone else help you. So that kind of stuff, it's, it's that sort of thing. And I was at the gun range the other day and I had my AR out and this, you know, uh, I wouldn't say older. He's probably 10, 15 years older than I am just starts chastising for me for my choice of shooting an AR because he doesn't see the point. Like I do see that stuff in real life and, and I'm not trying to use that as like kind of a cop out, but I mean, it's, it's just, if we can't get together and agree to disagree as far as like equipment, but still have the right idea towards what we're trying to do, you know, like it or not, the BLM people, the Antifa people, they're animated and they're, I'm sorry, I think they're crazy, but they they show United Front whether they're coming out looking like a complete psychopath or what, but they have that United Front that sometimes we don't, if, if we're really going to admit it. Well, and that's that's the thing, though, is you can't allow morons to control the narrative, okay? Because even Antifa doesn't let that happen, okay? If you go to an Antifa march, the only people they bring to those marches are the people that are willing to march in line, okay? And again, we're not talking about an overwhelming number of their population. It is estimated that participants in that are in and supporters of that in our country right now are in the 25 million in number people who side with and support Antifa principles, okay? That's a lot of people. They might show a couple of hundred up at a protest, right? If they do something nationwide, they might get a couple of thousand. So we have the same percentages there, right? We tend to look at one or two really big idiots and say, we can't work together. Well, if you're going to base your foundation based on those people, you're absolutely right. But if I start talking to a thousand people and I get a hundred of those people that can work together and can be decent human beings, that is a great percentage. That is a fabulous percentage as compared to what most groups are actually able to put together consistently. But we have to start looking and choosing those people. And here's where it's ugly. Guys, right now, that person is following some crazy person, okay, who's telling them the world is about to end. And he's sitting in some prepper group right now listening to somebody tell him that he needs to dig a house underground, right? He's not talking to you, the person who's going to say to them, let's fight this on the political stage. Let's fight this on the soapbox. 
instead of in the cartridge box. Let's spend this energy on something that will be productive now, not potentially get you killed six, eight, ten months, four or five years down the line when you all you listen to this crazy person who tells you to go buy a machine gun illegally. All right. All right. Calaveras, anything you want to kick in in there? I think that was a no. That or you didn't mean to mute yourself back up. All right. Well, we will move right along. Um, oh, we just lost Calaveras. All right. So, um, I guess at this point, let's see, and and he's back. Okay, cool. Now there I, you are. I can unmute again. <laughs> there you are. I was trying to unmute so I could you know, say something, and nothing was happening. Uh, that's right. Didn't really have anything to add. I think you know, the rest of the panel put it together quite eloquently. Yep. All righty. Um. I guess at this point, um, I don't have a whole lot more as far as, as the topic goes. Um, I guess I wasn't really paying that close attention out there to all the comments to see what's been going on out there in the comments, but I don't think anything's been super, super crazy that I've missed. Um, Patriot in the Dark out there says... You have to be creative with your words. If they're not scratching their head going, what just happened when you're walking away? You did something wrong. So I think that though, a lot of the times when people have had a conversation with me, they're scratching their head going, what just happened when they're walking away? So, um, maybe, I don't know. Um, let's see what else has been going on out there in the, in the chat. Justin Gibbons says you can't get conservatives together in large groups like it or not. Most are out for themselves. I think Charlie Kirk said it best. Conservatives work to have their name on the door. That's very interesting. I have not heard or read that from Charlie. Um, he's a smart guy. I've, I've liked a lot of the things that I've heard him say or, or read him um, read that he has said. For those of you that don't know, that's the turning point guy. Um, what else is going on out there? I think that's about it anyway. Um, all right. Anybody have anything else that they want to bring up? Doesn't necessarily have to be with the, the topic at hand, but is there anything else that we need to, uh, that we need to touch on tonight before we go? I uh, only that through. You know, saying that the conservatives, you know, they most of them want to work, et cetera, to something only if they can be the face of it. I'll be the first one to vote that no one on this panel should probably be the face of, you know, uh, any particular movement. Just saying. Um, wow, that kind of hurts a little bit. I thought I was pretty. I made that up, too. I, I, I tell you what, I kind of agree with them because... So here's the thing, and this is gonna—I don't know. This this is I, hopefully I can get my point across without sounding just overly whatever. But 
you know, the conservatives and and those of us who are pro two A are thought of as a certain stereotype, and we need to get someone who we, we need to get like if we're gonna have like leaders and and uh, like politicians or, or not politicians, but we need to have someone who can represent us and spokespeople. Not, yeah, spokespeople who can represent us well and not look like. I'm sorry to say it, but I'm going to say it not look like us because everybody assumes we are for the most part, we're overweight white guys with facial hair. And so we must be backwoods hillbilly idiots. And if we're going to get the cause, we got to get some people within an organization that like it or not, have a more mainstream look and can get their point across and people who will actually listen to I agree with that. Although I also think that in this year of 2020, that that is um, more that that's happening more than has ever happened in the past. Um, Look how many people of color, look how many females, look how many transgender people we have now um, within our ranks, not, not only in the gun ownership as a whole, but, just in the two a advocacy. The problem is that the whole two a advocacy movement isn't mainstream yet. So it's one of those deals where, um, you know, some of the guests that we've had on the show here in the last, in the last year, um, you know, when I go to name drop, like I'll, I'll get somebody, you know, agree to, to come on the air. I'll go to work the next day and be like, man, I can't believe I got Cheryl Todd or I got uh, Rob Pincus to, to come on the show. And, you know, people at work are like, uh, I don't know who that is. Well, no, if, if you're not already in the circles of Second Amendment advocacy, you're, you're not going to know who those names are. Um, and so that's the part that needs to go, I think, more mainstream. Um, and I think that, that we can all do a little bit of our part just in, in sharing links, sharing pages, um, sharing posts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. Um, so that, I mean, we can get the, the names of some of these people out there more. Um, we can do things, well, heck, even just buying a book and, and sharing the book. Um, you know, I, it's, there's, there's things that we can do to, uh, uh, to help make, gun ownership go go mainstream but i think that that is one of the biggest battles that we still need to fight is um you know we we need to to if if we're not going to have a billionaire with you know super deep pockets like uh like bloomberg or soros um on our side then maybe we can have um you know a whole bunch of people at the grassroots level that are just willing to to maybe have that one uncomfortable conversation with somebody that, uh, um, you know, start small, start with somebody that if you make them mad, that it's, it's not going to make your job hell or your life hell or something like that. You know, if, if you make them mad, then you can just walk away and never deal with them again. But, but have that kind of conversation, you know, do that kind of stuff where, um, where you just point out that, Hey, you know, gun owners aren't, 
um, by and large aren't, aren't criminals. Yes, sometimes people that own guns do um, do commit crimes, and sometimes they use their firearms to do it. But that is um, that is such the, the the vast minority. It's it's like the people that are dying of COVID. Um, yeah, that you hear about it a lot of it, but ultimately, you know, percentage wise, it's such a tiny number. Uh, it's it's just a, a a grain of sand on the beach. And so, um, you know, if if more people realized that, um, you know, the 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 Second Amendment really is for everybody. But not only that, but also that the people that own the guns, you know, we're, we're not creating the problems. I mean, we, we, everybody keeps saying, you know, if we were the problem, you'd, you'd know it, right? I mean, we'd, we'd be, you know, causing a, a lot of problems, although then we turn around and talk about how we can't get on the same page. So I don't know how big a problem we can cause until that happens. But excuse me, at the same time, I mean, if, if more people who hadn't thought about it just realized that, um, you know, the the gun is a tool and it's not um it's not evil it's not good it's inert it's no different than a, a you know a, a pencil or uh, an ironing board i mean it, it's got a purpose to serve um maybe multiple purposes but it's it's the person who wields it that determines if it gets used for good or evil and so um that is the the message I think that we all need to promote. And, and I know that a lot of us are, but uh, if we could all get together, if we could get every gun owner to just promote that message to, to one new person, you know, every week or one new person every month that says that, you know, Hey, the, the firearm is, is only as good or as bad as the person who wields it. Um, you know, if, if we could just get people to, to think about that, eventually I think that, you know, we could mainstream the notion that guns are tools. Can can I argue that it's already happened? To an can extent. I, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Can so seven of the last twelve people to join my Facebook page and uh, then become YouTube subscribers were registered Democrats. Their page was covered. I don't know if they're registered, but their page was covered in pro Biden stuff asking questions, sending me messages about, you know, how did this pistol feel? How much did I pay for it? This, that, and the other. Getting armed, okay? And then back on their their Facebook page, hey, you know, if, uh, if a Trump supporter comes up to my house and threatens me, I've got a gun now. I'm safe. So conceptually the number of background checks in america that have been happening recently tells us that firearms are mainstream okay and that they know about them and they know they exist and they know this is a freedom that they have this is not a battle as to whether or not americans want to be armed or not this is getting to the point where it's a battle between whether or not one side believes that the other side is an inherent threat to their existence and so you know, you know, I don't go political on any place but somebody's show, right? My my channel, I talk about preserving your First and Second Amendment freedoms, but I don't talk about whether or not I'm a libertarian, a conservative, or a, or a uh, a Democrat, right? And so, for those people coming and sampling my channel, what they see is what they feel is firearms knowledge. We all have a varied impression of that, right? Mm -hmm. So. I, I don't think firearms needs to be mainstreamed. I think we need to take it back, though, 
and protecting our firearms rights, we need to point out that it maybe has a political affiliation. And it's I, I would liken this to religions out there that used to teach health uh, stuff, and then they lost that message to a bunch of hippies in California. We do the worst job on earth of selling the concept of how good we are about things. We do a terrible job of it. And firearms stuff, for some reason, we've got it wrapped around our heads that we're the only person who know how cool and important they are. Seven and a half million background checks in four months tells us that that's no longer the case, in my opinion. Yeah, very, very good point. Um, and poor conservative kind of echoed what you were saying too. Gun ownership is already mainstream, just not popular among the media and academics, and they rule the popularity. Um, Justin Gibbons out there said, hate to say it, but Wayne LaPierre is more crucial to us than anyone would like to admit. Yep. Um, we've, we've actually touched on that before here on different nights. Um, but, uh, but that's not necessarily wrong as much as we do hate to admit it. Although I would much rather see the NRA with somebody instead of Wayne um, in that position than no NRA at all. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. yep. I, you know, if, again, I go back to, I don't think there are gun, enough gun stores out there and enough gun shops out there that would end up with prohibitive level of insurance costs, if the NRA would dissolve, that we would potentially see some ranges and things of that nature go out of business in some areas that may only have one range. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I've actually got, um, contact info for, um, I guess like a, a regional director out of Kansas city for the Midwest or the, for this area, uh, from the NRA, um, met him a few weeks back when we had our, uh, um, NFOA member social, he drove up from Kansas city to, uh, to be part of it. And, uh, he's a cool guy. Um, one of the things that I had brought up to him is, you know, we used to have somebody in Lincoln who, uh, was affiliated with the NRA who never, took the, you know, the time to walk the, whatever it was, four blocks down the street to the Capitol and, and testify, uh, whenever a, a gun bill was, was being heard. And, uh, his response was, I know I've heard all that too. That's why I'm here now. So, um, one of these weeks I'm going to, uh, um, have him on the show with us. We'll, we'll find a, a night that works for him. Um, and we'll keep it civil, but I mean, if people want to uh, ask questions or, um, you know, want to know things, I mean, he will, uh, he, you know, he'll be as, as candid as he possibly can um, with, you know, changes that are, that are being made or the way that things actually work. But, um, you know, it, it's like anything else where, um, you know, when, when we're all focused on the executive VP or whatever he is, that's that's one thing, but the, the grunts that are down in the trenches, you know, fighting the good fight every day. I mean, they're still doing their work. Um, the NRA is still doing a lot of things that aren't terrible. Um, it, I just wish that there was a way that I could give money to the NRA without financing the ILA or Wayne's clothing or travel budget. Um, and again, if, if I could do, if I could do that, I'd, 
I'd give them my membership again, but I just, I just can't see that, that my, whatever it is, 15, 20 bucks is, is going to make any difference there when so much of that money goes right over to where it doesn't need to be spent. So I'm guilty of, of, you know, I guess defunding the NRA at this point, because I haven't renewed my membership for several years now. Um, All right. Anything else anybody wants to throw in out there before we go? I'll throw just a little something in here. Um, as far as the virus and everything that's concerned, um, obviously you're not doing too bad right at the moment with it. I mean, you've just like a lot of American people have gone to work a lot sicker than what you, me, or the uh, fence post has. Um, people our age should be out there living our lives. And it should be kind of a herd immunity deal. And uh, the people that can work should be able to get out there, go do it. Because we are the least likely to wind up on the slab and uh, you shouldn't let the media or any politicians or anybody scare you into anything that you do not want to do whether it's mask covid anything else like that us as americans we should not stop living our lives we still need to keep continuing on that's no, just the way it should true. be very true. Anybody else? All right. Well, in that case, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, before we give everybody a chance to uh, give any closing thoughts and, and any shameless plugs, um, one more time, tonight's show is brought to you by Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. Decoding Firearms is a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. With over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, this book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about Decoding Firearms, you can visit johnpetrolino.com slash decoding-firearms. Decoding Firearms is available for sale on Amazon as a paperback or full-color Kindle version. Be sure to pick up a few copies for your friends and family members that want to get into the shooting world. Decoding Firearms, get yours today. All right. And again, a huge thank you to John Petrolino for helping make the broadcast possible and helping keep us on uh, YouTube and Facebook at the same time. So, all right, let's move that back over there. Um, we're going to go around the horn and let everybody just give any closing thoughts, shameless plugs, and uh, then we'll go to the list. So, Calaveras, you were the last one in after um, after you were here, and then you weren't, and you were here, and then you weren't. So, we're going to let you start off. Well, I appreciate you guys putting up with my technical difficulties tonight, uh, and appreciate the invite there, Sandhills. Yeah. Uh, everyone on the channel produces, you know, everyone on the show produces great content on their channels. Uh, I, you know, encourage everyone to check them out. Uh, and 
you know, try to do what you can to, you know, maybe we can get some of that grassroots or, you know, talk to people that you, you know, that you may know or run into. Maybe we can get some positive movement for uh, our cause, you know, has to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. All right. Defense dad, anything that you want to throw in there? Shameless plugs and final thoughts. Oh, no, just thanks for having me. And like Calvert said, uh, check out everybody's channels. There's, there's also some people out in the chat that have good channels too. Um, I got a few videos coming out. I'm kind of doing one a week right now, um, but that's about it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Nighthawk, you're up. Hey, uh, first of all, thank you for toughing it out tonight. You you look pretty good for an old guy. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on the, the chat. Uh, you, you know, go check out all the producers out here, folks. Uh, one of the things that we can really do is flood the Internet with our presence. Right. So if if you've got a gun and you've never made a video about it, and you think it's cool. Get it into YouTube make a video on it make it so that people come to youtube come to facebook come to twitter to find gun stuff make it behoove them to allow it to continue to exist our presence must be known and the only way we can do that is by making a little noise in a positive way um, and really for me the biggest thing is if you're religiously inclined pray for this nation right now because we need it more than any other time thanks again Amen. Amen. And I got to say, I don't feel the day over 65. So thanks. <laughs> All right. Pat, <laughs> Pat, you are up. <laughs> okay. Still laughing over Nighthawks deal. Um, anyway, uh, something just popped in my head. Okay. Since uh, Antifa and everything for the last seven, eight years, what like Nighthawks said, I'm going to issue a little challenge to the panel right now. How about everybody starts sending once a week an email to everybody that's just right here on the panel right now and everybody stay in contact and send those little emails and everything out and let's try to get a little bit more organized. Because if we're going to stand up and get a little bit louder and a little bit prouder, it's got to start somewhere. And uh, thanks, Sandy, for having me on tonight. Appreciate the hat. Hat fits good. So, uh, yeah, go check out everybody's channel and uh, hope everybody accepts this little challenge. All righty. Well, thank you very much. And it is time. Really? Wow. That's awesome. We've got, this is the first time this has happened. Um, these are all Facebook, really? Wow. Well, for the first time since we've been doing this, we have got uh, about three times more on Facebook than we had on on YouTube. So on the YouTube side out there, we had Justin Gibbons, Iron Horseman, Southpaw RX, the Poor Conservative, G23, 
fluffy 10 millimeter jeep guy gun loving grandpa ss pawn richard hirsch jefferson martial arts pat hirsch new york outcast schofield 63 patriot in the dark ghost tactical squib load john crump guy that comments and blitz and if we've missed anybody it's because you weren't talking enough um i saw gizzard gary out there and i don't think we've got him on the list but gary we see you out there too um on the facebook side we've got tony becky david shelby jim karen john 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 shane jenny sean kelsey christopher dale nikki gary stacy dave richard lynn dick lucas mike lana blake lois mark john rudy dean gwen andy william greg beverly darren uh, byron brad shannon rich marlon chris matt shane jose dallas mark allison dave uh paula donnie shane daniel garrett john ray neil david gary and joshua so wow that's awesome thank all of you very much for um Oh, we've got two gun kitty the cat catnip outlaw out there in the youtube side too so uh uh that's been awesome i am very very happy that we've got so many people tuning in on uh on the facebook side as well so it's definitely been um a good investment to go back over into um the pro version of, of Streamyard, so we can pick up all these extra viewers um if you uh, if you liked what you saw, what you heard tonight, do us a favor, uh, share the link, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, both. I don't care. Um, if you uh, if you want to share the link once it's up on Anchor to the people that don't do the video stuff but want to do the audio stuff, please help spread that as well. Um, you can uh, you can go if you haven't yet go to Facebook and uh, like and follow the page. Um, if you've not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do that as well. Um, honestly, that is, uh, that's the, the biggest support that you can give us. Um, two live moves out there in the house too. Um, the biggest support you can give us is just to, uh, to follow us and then help share our stuff all over the place and, and just help spread it around, um, get more and more people, um, involved watching it or listening to it. So, um, with that being said, um, thank you all of you very much for, uh, for joining us tonight. I know I say this every week, but it's only because it's true. Um, without you, there's no sense in doing this. It's just, uh, a fat guy with a beard running his mouth online. And so, uh, um, without you guys that this doesn't go very far. So, um, the fact that we've got so many people tuning in watching tonight is very encouraging. So if every one of you would just share this to one other person, um, that would be amazing. Um, thank you very much, all of you for, uh, uh, for tuning in, um, on behalf of defense dad, Calaveras 32 special nighthawk medic, Pat and Lily and Sandhill sweetheart and myself, uh, again, thanks. Have a great rest of your night. God bless you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't let this deadly virus get you down. But right now it's time to go. Y'all need to get